The following program contains misinformation, disinformation, and hate speech. It also features personalities who have been labeled far-right, semi-fascist, neo-Nazi, fringe domestic extremists holding unacceptable viewpoints. Any and all calls for justice are to be taken in the context of Minecraft, the game, as are any references to wood chippers, helicopters, or firearms. This product has not been evaluated by the FDA. We do not condone illegal behavior. We do not offer financial, medical, or any other professional advice. All comments are for comedic purposes only. Views expressed within this program do not accurately reflect the views of the corporation or its sponsors. Views only as directed by medical professional. Use of this product may lead to cancer. Other known side effects may include, but are not limited to, hypothermia, heat stroke, sudden adult death syndrome, dizziness, nausea, irritability, cognitive dissonance, confusion, sudden onset dementia and Alzheimer's, winter vagina, erectile dysfunction, transphobia. See pamphlet for more details. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. Consume. Open. Everybody. Welcome to my Friends Hate Freedom podcast. My name is Ariel, also known as Bear Snare. This show is going to be about the problems that we face in society and within ourselves and how we can overcome these problems. Now, normally I'll have a guest on and we'll address some specific topic or just have a rambling conversation about whatever. Um, I'm big into music, so music could be part of it too. Hopefully there will be some humor. But today I'm going to lay out some of the challenges that we face. I'm going to start by talking about fifth generation warfare. This is a war not just on our bodies, but also on our minds, our spirits, our souls. It's done through toxins in our water and air and food. It's done with electromagnetic frequencies, which jack our nervous systems and make it harder for our cells to respond with immunity. Um, it's done through financial manipulation, which takes away our power of sovereignty. It's through overregulation, which makes it harder to start businesses and to trade freely. Um, it's done by making us dependent on the system that is, in fact, trying to steal our sovereignty. And of course, it's done through traditional warfare, 
bodies on the ground, soldiers who sign up thinking they're fighting for something noble, but really they're just fighting for the selfish goals of some faction that wants more power and more riches. So yes, unfortunately, as uncomfortable as this is to think about, this is something that is happening, and it's a war on humanity, and not just on our lives, but also on our humanity, on our spirits. So we need to, in fighting this war, be sure not to become the beast that we are fighting. We need to not live in fear. We, ne we need to not act from fear. We need to act in productive ways that help each other, not just tear each other down. Our politicians constantly practice the strategy of divide and conquer by pitting us against each other rather than against them, the higher-ups. We the people, if we were to all cooperate and realize that we are not each other's enemy, but that it is the manipulators of society who are all of our collective enemies, then we would have so much more power over them. And this is what they must prevent us realizing and putting into practice. Here's a quote from Sun Tzu in The Art of War. Those who were called skillful leaders of old knew how to drive a wedge between the enemy's front and rear to prevent cooperation between his large and small divisions, to hinder the good troops from rescuing the bad, the officers from rallying their men. Now, clearly this is in the context of traditional bodies-on-the-ground warfare, but when you realize that humanity itself are the troops that must be divided, that these people have an idea that they can beat God's design, the transhumanists who believe themselves to be gods, then you also realize that it is we, humanity, who must be divided in their eyes, and therefore it is up to us to not be divided, to recognize people who are unlike us, whether it be differences in politics or religion or race or culture, that we are all humanity and we are the people over whom the manipulators wish to rule, and therefore we must find ways to be allies against them. Okay, now that we've done a brief overview of this, let's get into some more specific ways in which this is being done currently. One of the most obvious ones is the whole COVID fiasco. Um, this was a planned thing. And we have evidence of this. People were calling it out before and as it emerged. Event 201 was an exercise of a coronavirus outbreak carried out by the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security in partnership with the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They did this in October of 2019, 
in New York. The exercise illustrated areas where public-private partnerships will be necessary during the response to a severe pandemic in order to diminish large-scale economic and societal consequences. I'm reading this straight off of their webpage, which will be in the show notes. Now, I want to quickly point out that public-private partnership, that is fascism. That is the definition of fascism. Fascism is when a government and corporations get together and cooperate to practice control over other people. And it's also important to notice that this happened worldwide. You notice how every country almost was in lockstep with each other with the exact same measures being taken in response to, quote, mitigate, unquote, the pandemic, which should also be in quotes. This was not an accident. Now, I'm going to go back to centerforhealthsecurity.org and click on the Recommendations tab. This says, Public-Private Cooperation for Pandemic Preparedness and Response, a Call to Action. And here are some of the goals that they have. Now, I'm going to go over these partly reading from them and partly summarizing. So some of it will be direct quotes and some of it will be my summary. One, cooperation between governments, corporations, and NGOs. Two, stockpiling medical supplies to facilitate timely sharing of them between countries. This should also include any available experimental vaccine stockpiles for any WHO R&D blueprint pathogens to employ in a clinical trial during outbreaks in collaboration with CEPI, Gavi, and WHO. Now, deploying blueprint pathogens. Interesting. Interesting. That sounds like creating an outbreak. All right, three. International organizations, including WHO, the International Air Transport Association, and the International Civil Aviation Organization, should be partners in these preparedness and response efforts. Four, governments should provide more resources and support for the development and surge manufacturing of vaccines, therapeutics, and diagnostics that will be needed during a severe pandemic. This will require addressing legal and regulatory barriers, among other issues. Five, a catastrophic level outbreak can also have profound and long-lasting effects on entire industries, the economy, and societies in which business operates. Now, I want to point out this happened, but not due to the virus. Instead, it was due to the response to the virus. They needed an excuse to take global measures. They needed an excuse to try how a real pandemic would damage the economy. And so they just went ahead and did all the things that would damage the economy to try it out. All right, six. There will also be a need to identify critical nodes of the banking system and global and international economies that are too essential to fail. There are some that are likely to need emergency international financial support as well. The World Bank, 
the International Monetary Fund, regional development banks, national governments, foundations, and others should explore ways to increase the amount and availability of funds in a pandemic and ensure that they can be flexibly used where needed. So, all right, seven. Governments and the private sector should assign a greater priority to developing methods to combat mis- and disinformation prior to the next pandemic response. Now remember, who was spewing all the mis- and disinformation? It was these very people. It was the Bill and Melinda Gateses. It was the World Health Organization. It was all the media. There are apparatchiks. All right. Governments will need to partner with traditional and social media companies to research and develop nimble approaches to countering misinformation. This will require developing the ability to flood media with fast, accurate, and consistent information. Yeah, that's totally what we got. Public health authorities should work with private employers and trusted community leaders such as faith leaders to promulgate factual information to employees and citizens. Now, I want to point out that they did approach ministers of churches and pay them to promote the vaccine. So, we've seen this in action. Oh, and by the way, if you're one of those ministers who took that bribe to push the vaccine or to support Ukraine, pray for Ukraine, put out your trans flag, all that, if you're taking bribes to do that, you sold your soul. Shame on you. And you sold out your congregation, too. Anyway, back to Event 201. Uh, trusted influential private sector employers should create the capacity to readily and reliably augment public messaging, manage rumors and misinformation, and amplify credible information to support emergency public communications. National public health agencies should work in close collaboration with WHO to create the capability to rapidly develop and release consistent health messages. For their part, media companies should commit to ensuring that authoritative messages are prioritized and that false messages are suppressed, including through the use of technology. <sighs> yes, we definitely saw them trying to do all that stuff. Or they did it. They did it. It was all false, but they certainly did it in a very authoritarian manner. Accomplishing the above goals will require collaboration among governments, international organizations, and global business. If these recommendations are robustly pursued, major progress can be made to diminish the potential impact and consequences of pandemics. We call on leaders in global business, international organizations, and national governments to launch an ambitious effort to work together to build a world better prepared for a severe pandemic. Okay, so, yes, again, they are just talking about getting together between the corporations and the government, cooperating in order to have a unified front and to lie to us in an authoritarian manner so that no truth can emerge, no truth is allowed, truth is treason in the empire of lies, as the great Dr. Ron Paul says. 
Another favorite quote of mine, and I don't know where this originated, but here it is. You do not win an argument by cutting out a man's tongue. You only prove that you are afraid of what he has to say. And as we know, as we've seen, they have done a whole lot of cutting out people's tongues by deplatforming them from social media, YouTube and Twitter and Facebook. People lose their accounts. People lose their livelihoods by speaking the truth. Look at someone like Dr. Peter McCullough. He has lost his license to practice medicine because he speaks openly about what's really going on. He speaks openly about these vaccines, quote-unquote, not being good for us, actually being pathogenic. And we're seeing evidence of this now being true. We see so many people having heart attacks, myocarditis, pericarditis, pulmonary embolisms, strokes, insane cancer rates of rapid-onset cancer, um, so many other things. Acquired autoimmune disorder. That's AIDS for short. It's acquired by taking toxins into your body that suppress your immune system. And that is what these shots do. So, your entire medical industry that needs to be global in its response to these things is actually working in a coordinated manner to poison you. Back to fifth generation warfare. All right, I feel like I've gone on about that enough. Um, I just want to point out that Event 201 is not the only one of these exercises that they've done. Back in 2017, I believe it was, they did the SPARS pandemic, which was another like swine flu type outbreak. It was an exercise done by Johns Hopkins University again, and it had a fictional scenario of a virus outbreak, and it mainly focused on the media's response to it and how they could control the narrative. Oh, and a bunch of people in this exercise ended up dying from the vaccine, but not from the virus. Isn't that interesting? They've been anticipating this kind of thing for a long time. And as usual, the conclusion is always more government, more control, more fascism. And of course, they don't put it in terms like that. They use happy clappy terms like health security and for the welfare of humanity and blah, 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 blah. But really, once you know how to read between the lines, it's about control. It's about controlling every single aspect of your life. It's about monitoring your health. It's about having a record of every single heartbeat of every single person in the world. So for your safety, they can know if something goes wrong. So they can know what you put in your body and control it. They can know where you go and control it. They can know what you spend your money on and control it. That's what these central bank digital currencies are about. We need to resist this with every fiber of our being. We need to not become dependent on that system because it will be about control. It'll be about spending your money in a timely manner 
and not spending it on things that they don't like. You must only spend it at the company store, as it were. You owe your soul to the company store. And the central bank digital currency is one aspect of this, really. It's all going to be in one app, the everything app, as Elon Musk says. The same app that monitors your health will be your CBDC wallet. It will be your geofencing, geolocation tracking. It will be your social credit score and your ability to travel and your ability to spend money will be dependent on your social credit score. Oh, and they probably won't call it a social credit score because that sounds too conspiratorial. It'll be something nice that you haven't heard of before. Okay, let's move into some of the other ways in which our environment is being poisoned. Our food supply is one of the most obvious. Herbicides and pesticides permeate so much of our food, almost all of it. Um, this is not the way. This is not a sustainable way of growing food. Um, you drive around the country and you see all these brown fields. They're not supposed to be like that. They should be green. Um, we kill all the weeds and everything with these poisons so that one thing can grow, one plant, corn or soy, that's been genetically modified so that it can grow along with all the poisons. And nothing else can grow. And we need to constantly add nitrogen and other supplements to that soil to make up for it. And the nutrition in our soil is constantly being depleted because of all this monocropping and all this poisoning. One of the most, perhaps the most sustainable way of growing nutrition is the exact thing that they don't want us to have, and that's grass-fed beef. Cows eat grass, and then they poop, and they pee out nitrogen. And all you have to do is raise them on enough land that they can have a year's worth of grass. Maybe you have to harvest some of that grass and keep it for the winter and then feed it to them during the winter. But that is a matter of planning. You don't have to add amendments to the soil. You don't have to kill off the weeds and beef is the most nutrition-dense and bioavailable food that you can have. Not just beef, but red meat in general. You know, deer, lamb, they're good also. And then there's also pork and chicken. And of course, all the veggies, all the greens, all that stuff is great. You don't need grain, you don't need gluten, you don't need sugar. And neither do your animals. I mean, sure, chickens, if you want to feed them some grain, whatever. But they can live on other stuff, too. Fodder from trees. Bugs. Make a worm bin. Raise black soldier fly. We do not need to grow corn and soy to feed these animals. That is the part that's unsustainable. That uses petroleum that sucks up the resources and the nutrients from the ground 
and dilutes them. We do not need to till the fields. The biggest export of America is topsoil. This happens because we till fields and it runs off whenever it rains. It runs off down through creeks, streams, rivers. The Mississippi River exports so much nutrient-rich topsoil every year because we till these fields. And it also blows away in the wind. Again, because that loose-tilled soil is just there drying out in the sun and it's not being held together by any root structures because we've killed them all off and then it just blows away in the wind and settles in the ocean or in the desert or whatever. We're creating these deserts. So if we're interested in the environment and in sustainability, we need to develop systems that are more locally based and do not depend on chemicals and on mass monocropping. We can do this. It is within our means, and it would benefit us all. It just means recognizing the problems that we have and changing our ways. Now, let's talk about another way in which our environment is poisoned. Um, geoengineering. Yeah, it sounds like a conspiracy theory, but there are companies who offer the service of weather modification. That is the name of a company, weathermodification.com. Here, I'm going to read directly from their website about us. Now, more than ever, the worldwide need for solutions to atmospheric necessities such as water resource management and environmental quality monitoring is critical. With nearly a half century of successful programs, our experience speaks for itself. Let us help you better manage your atmospheric and water resources. Nice, huh? Their services include things like cloud seeding both aerial and ground-based. Now, the aerial cloud seeding is the chemtrails that conspiracy theorists talk about. They spray barium and aluminum into the atmosphere, and that causes condensation of moisture, which then proliferates. It's like a virus in the air. It turns into clouds and then causes rain. It also causes cloud cover which reflects the sunlight therefore people with solar panels get less power plants get less energy from the sun we get less vitamin d from the sun because they cover the sky in a grid the sky shouldn't look like a grid people if you see lines parallel that eventually turn into clouds you're going to see rain the next day and in that rain is going to be aluminum in nanoparticles that are so small that it's readily bioavailable, not just to you and me, but also to the plants. This causes trees to not be able to suck up their nutrients. It makes it harder for them to get their sustenance from the ground because this poison is in the water. This is one of the reasons we're seeing these massive tree die-offs is because this bioavailable aluminum prevents trees from their roots being able to suck up the proper nutrients. 
and it makes them vulnerable to pests, to insects. So all these ash borers and lanternflies and stuff like that, it's not just the bugs that are killing the trees. It's also the toxins in the environment and the lack of sunlight. A war on life itself. Now let's go to the ground-based cloud seeding. This is done using cellular signals or electromagnetic frequencies being projected up into the air. This is one of the things that causes that ripple effect in the sky. When you see the sky looking like a washboard, that's often because of the electromagnetic frequencies being projected upwards from what looks like cell towers and stuff. Now, there haven't been a whole lot of comprehensive studies on the effects of electromagnetic frequencies on our bodies, but there have been observations throughout the last century of every time new frequencies are introduced to the airwaves, starting with things like radio and television, different forms of radio, AM, FM, shortwave, etc., with the introduction of these new frequencies, there have been surges in sickness. And this is always blamed on some new virus or something, some outbreak, but there may be a correlation. Now, I'm not one of the viruses don't exist people. I think they probably do exist, but that doesn't mean there's nothing to be said for terrain theory for the idea that our immune systems are compromised by external factors and our ability to be resistant to viruses is very directly correlated with things like toxins in our body and our body's ability to respond to these issues, to these aggressions. Now, this may sound like some pie in the sky hooey fluey, but every physical material has a frequency with which it resonates. And this means when you project certain frequencies at an organism, that organism will have some kind of particular response. It may be a good response. It may be healthy. You can heal using frequencies, but you can also damage and suppress. And as far as we know, we have taken no consideration for this into account when we introduce new frequencies, new EMFs, into our atmosphere. We know microwaves will excite water and literally fry you from the inside if microwaves are projected at you. X-rays have a certain radiation. This is why we put on a lead vest to get X-rays done. It's not that different from what is just running through our bodies all the time via cell signals, radio signals, etc. If you've ever stood under some of the big power lines, you can hear the buzzing. And that's just an exaggerated form of what's constantly around us. Just being in your house with the electrical wiring of your house, you can sometimes hear a faint hum. If you stand in a certain position in relation to your Wi-Fi router, you can sometimes hear like a very high-pitched 
frequency. It's subtle, but it might be there if you look for it. It's like the old televisions, the tube televisions had that high-pitched frequency that was so unbearable. I can't believe we put up with that for so long. I'm glad we moved on to LED screens. So anyway, we don't know the exact effects that these frequencies have by themselves. There's a wide variety of frequencies, and there are so many other factors involved in our health that it's really the agglomeration of all these factors that we can observe effects from, and it's hard to pinpoint one exact thing. The vaccines are one exact thing that we can pretty observably see are not good for us, but they may not be the only factor in these adverse effects that they are having. It may also be the electromagnetic frequencies, and it may also be the toxins in our food and water and air. And it can also be our mental state. Our minds and our bodies are inextricably connected. It's impossible for your mind to be healthy if your body is not healthy. And it's also impossible for your body to be healthy if your mind is not healthy. So this brings us to the war on your mind. There's a concerted effort to make you not believe in yourself. To make you not believe in truth. And it's important to remember that truth exists. And no one is the authority of truth. No person can dictate truth to you. Truth is self-evident. Truth rings true. Some actions are evil, and some actions are good. Now, I'm not saying it's always easy to tell what is true and what's not. It can be very hard to discern truth in this world of confusion. Um, what I am saying is that we need to always try to figure out what is true, and we need to always stand up for what is true. There's so much pressure on us to just go along with what everyone else is doing or with what we're being told to do. But this often is not in service of truth. This often is toward an end that is not good. Um, so yeah, they want us to not believe our own eyes. Um, a perfect example of this is the whole COVID fiasco, where they told us there was a deadly pandemic, and they told us on the, t on the screen that people were dying in the streets. We saw that in China, but it never happened in America. It wasn't really the case. It was a formulated lie made to put us in fear, and by putting us in fear, they made us more compliant with their false and evil dictates. By putting us in fear, they got us to put masks on our faces that deprive us of oxygen and actually harbor bacteria, making us less healthy. By putting us in fear, they got us to think that our neighbors were poisonous, that our neighbors were dirty and unclean, that we needed to stay away from people 
In order to be healthy, the opposite is true. We need to be around each other. We need human connection. They actually made us believe that we ourselves were dangerous to others just by breathing. So don't breathe. Don't be around people. Be afraid. Hold your breath. Don't live. You know, in Canada, they're offering medically assisted suicide. Yeah. There was a lady in Canada who's a war vet and she's crippled. And she asked their version of Veterans Affairs or whatever for a stair lift to help her go upstairs. And they got back to her with a recommendation that she medically kill herself rather than giving her a stair lift because your life sucks. It's not worth living, right? Wrong. Don't ever let them tell you that. Don't ever let them tell you that overpopulation is the problem, that we, the humans, are the scourge on the earth. Yeah, we've done a lot of damage, but guess what? It's largely not you and me. Our cars that emit carbon monoxide, by the way, yeah, that's a whole nother tangent. Carbon dioxide is good. Carbon monoxide is bad. But our cars pale in comparison to what the military pollutes into the air. The military is the biggest polluter in the world, not you and me and our cars. All these environmentalist billionaires fly around on their private jets to their summit meetings and stuff where they plan to eliminate us. It's not you and me. We are the solution, not the problem. And oh yeah, they are trying to eliminate us. The Georgia Guidestones say to maintain a world population of 500 million. That's because that's an amount they figure they can control. They want you to believe that your neighbor is your enemy because they vote for a different person than you do. Your neighbor, who just helped you jump your car the other day, or who gave you a Christmas card, or who brought you a loaf of bread. Yeah, but because they have a different political party, or a different religion. Or because one of you got an experimental medical procedure and the other one didn't. They want you to believe that you and them can't exist together. So, don't believe your eyes. The truth comes through the screen. Don't walk outside and grow your own food. Eat the crickets and the soybeans. Don't eat meat that's nutritious Eat this bland, glutinous crap that's supposedly the base of the food pyramid. Fake eggs are better than real eggs. Yeah, that's the new, that's the new food pyramid. That's some study. Fruit Loops are healthier than beef. This is what they want you to believe. It's false. Everything they say is false. To quote Jesus, they cannot tell the truth. It is not within them. So, what do we do? What are the solutions? Well, whatever they tell you to do, do the opposite. (laughs) 
We need to be right with ourselves. We need to be right with God. We need to go outside and hang out with our neighbors and grow our own food and trade with each other. We need to love each other and support each other. We need to hold our families close. We need to hold our children close. We need to teach them truth. No, honey, you can pretend to be a boy even though you're a girl, but you'll never actually be a boy. You're a girl. Sorry. And anyone who tells you differently is lying. So, despite this war on our bodies, on our minds, we need to live in truth. We need to live not in fear. We need to not be afraid of these things. There may be all these toxins in the air and stuff. We need to refuse to let that drag us down into unwellness. We need to go about our lives anyway. It may be harder and harder to grow good, healthy food, but just do it anyway. There may be rules against trading directly with your neighbor. Just do it anyway. We need, we need to live defiantly. Be happy in defiance of those who wish you to be depressed. Be loving in defiance of those who wish you to hate. We need to go outside in our bare feet and stand on the ground and face the sun and soak up its energy. We need to breathe deeply and become balanced. We need to stand tall and have confidence in ourselves that we have a right to be here. We have a right to be happy. We have a right to love each other. We have a right not just to survive, but to thrive and prosper. You have a right to be. All right. Well, thank you for listening to my Friends Hate Freedom podcast. I hope this has been a good introduction to this show. Like I said, there will be guests on future episodes, but I thought it would be cool to do my own little intro and to lay out kind of where I'm at with this stuff and what my goals are. I hope you got something out of it. I know I went kind of deep with the Event 201 stuff and then just kind of briefly went over some other stuff. It's kind of haphazardly put together. But anyway, I hope you join us again. Be well.